Welcome everybody to my podcast, Special Education Information, supported by Touching Success. My name is Joy. I have both my African Grey parrots to keep us company today. One is Jojo and one is Sterling. You'll sometimes hear them contribute their thoughts to what I am saying, just so you know what the noise is. Today I want to talk about something that might be a bit boring when you're talking about it, but when you're going through it or being threatened by it, it is very exciting. And that is the process of due process inside of special education. I want to clarify right up front, I am not a lawyer or lawyer trained and I am not a trained official advocate. This is based off of training I've had over the years as a teacher and also as a student many years ago. Some of my information may be out of date, so before you act on anything I have said, please double check it with someone who is trained in due process inside of special education law. Now there are differing opinions, but in my opinion, due process should be the last resort on everyone's plate. And that includes from the student, because when they turn 18, they then have the ability and the right to go into due process if they want to, all the way up into the superintendent. I think it's best if everybody can avoid it. It's very contentious and it just leaves negative feelings. If you have the child in your school district for 10 years, you now have a unfortunate, uncomfortable relationship with the school district and the parents. Now, in some cases, and it's really unfortunate, parents will hang due process over the school's head. If you don't, then we will. There are exceptions, however, as to how that works, and we'll get to those later. But still, having that threat that a parent keeps consistently putting onto the school, again, it leads to very uncomfortable relationships and the kid probably is the one who ultimately suffers as the teachers get very paranoid about working with that particular child because they don't want to be caught in the middle between the parents and the school district. Before I get too much further, I want to give credit to the author and the book that I am using for quite a bit of the information I am using. I like it because it's very well organized. I think it'd be a great book for any professional in special education to have. And this book is The Complete IEP Guide, How to Advocate for Your Special Ed Child. And it's by attorney Lawrence M. Siegel and NOLO, N-O-L-O. NOLO publishes it. And I like the NOLO books for legal things for other technical stuff as well. So the complete IEP guide, how to advocate for your special ed child, attorney Lawrence M. Siegel is the author and the publisher is NOLO. So what is due process? You're going to hear about it all the time. If you're in any position inside of special education, or even if you just have a student who's in special education, technically due process is a way to resolve disputes with each other between the parent and the school district. There are two ways of working through due process. One is mediation and another is a hearing. Mediation is a representative of a school district, the parent and a neutral party, and they work together to come up with a compromise. This is not required, but it avoids the stresses of a hearing. A hearing 
People put together written evidence from everyone involved, school district, parents, teachers, they all contribute something. And then they also have witnesses that will testify. So then all that's done in front of a hearing officer and whatever the hearing officer puts down as a binding order. Now it can be appealed, but it gets appealed by going up to state or federal courts. So you can see where that can really be hard on everybody and the kid gets caught in the middle. If a school ignored legal rules, however, you don't do a due process. You file a complaint, which is something that I can go over on a different time. So then what are typical due process disputes? I'm going to read this list in the book from NOLO. And what we have here is eligibility for special education, results of an evaluation, goals, related services, proposed changes to your child's current IEP program, and suspension or expulsion of your child. And several kinds of disputes are not eligible for due process including requesting a specific teacher or service provider by name for your child, hiring or firing school staff, assigning a different school administrator to your case, or requesting a specific person to represent the school district in the IEP process. Those concerns are not IDEA activities. So then you might be asking yourself, when should I pursue due process? When is it important to do it versus when is it almost a waste of time or not even something you're allowed to do? You have to think of what the precise moment is. You have to pinpoint it exactly and exactly the dispute is and make sure it's a factual dispute, one that can be done under due process as opposed to another method of getting what your child needs. The importance of the issue to your child. For example, placement or related service disputes are often central to your child's educational well-being as a kid with special needs. However, not agreeing over goals or evaluation conclusions may not be something that's worth taking to due process. It might be but really think about it before you decide to go down that road. The strength of your case, how strong is it? Is it a mild one? I mean, you're going up against professionals and who knows how long that they've been working in the field and they do have that as an advantage over you as a parent. And this is not to say that schools are bad or evil people. It just happens to be they know this stuff because we're trained in how to work with kids and we're trained on how to try to avoid going to due process or any of the other things that represent trouble for the school district. It is something the school district tries very, very hard to avoid. That being said, sometimes it's the school that takes the parents to due process. Sometimes the parents don't want to put the kid in a program that the school district feels is a better choice and the parents fight it and so the school brings the parents into due process to try to resolve the problem of program placement and results on test and all the same things that a parent can take a school to due process for a school can also take a parent to due process for 
Just something to keep in mind as you work your way through the different IEPs. So let's go back to the strength of your case. You have to really think, can you win? What evidence do you have to support your position? What evidence exists against it? What are the qualifications of the people making supportive or contrary statements? If you want the opinions of other people to consider your case, it is good to, to hunt them out, especially try to find people who have been there, done that. Non-school employees, your independent evaluator, an outside tutor, or even an attorney can help you to determine whether or not you have a good case. And other parents. Other parents are good resources. People forget that, that there are parents that have been there and they are a really good resource for you as a parent or even from a teacher's point of view, another parent can be a good resource. For example, Parent Helping Parents in California South Bay is a really good program that a lot of parents are glad they are involved in because they get the support of other parents with special needs children. And they're also, they share things besides just time with each other. They'll, oh, my child has run out of, um, grown out of this wheelchair. Does anybody want it? And so on. Another is the bottom line concern for the school district. Districts fight going to due process and other legal moves for a reason. It costs them money. So you have to think the district will have some bottom line concerns, notably the costs and the administrative difficult of providing what you want. So if it's something simple, say maybe a paraprofessional and they have a paraprofessional who is not as occupied as they could be, then it's not a problem to hook that para up with your child to help them get through the school day. But if you're asking for a whole new teacher and a whole new program, the school district is going to say no to that. It's too expensive. And they don't have to provide the best education. They have to provide a fitting education. The cost of going forward, due process witnesses, including independent evaluators and attorneys, they charge for their time. If you prevail at a due process hearing, you're likely to be reimbursed, but if you lose, you're not. You're stuck with the cost of what you've spent on that attorney and witnesses and so on. Time considerations. Remember, you must file for due process within two years of learning of the dispute or within your state statute of limitation. I think that you would probably get to it before the end of two years, at least I hope so, because your memory is just not going to be as good trying to remember back two years. But this would also be why you should be keeping an IEP binder like I've mentioned in earlier podcasts. That you really, really want a way to keep your records in a nice organized fashion. And just in case the district takes you to due process or you decide after a while this isn't working and you want to take the school to due process and you have all that paperwork ready to go, then you won't struggle quite as much trying to step forward into this decision. So you might be asking, through this whole time, you've got the parents are kind of mishmashing and the, they're not quite going to due process and they're not quite 
getting along at the IEP and now you have the student, what do you do with the student? What if the student should be in a program you feel for multiply disabled kids and the districts just say no, they're perfectly capable of being in mainstream? It's typically opposite of that, but I've seen it that way. So what happens with the kid? Well, they get put into a process called stay put. Whatever program they are currently in, when everything starts into the legal process, the stay put rule takes into effect. When the process of due process starts, that is the program the child will stay in until a decision is made and everybody can agree on a program for the child and where they should be. So if your child's in a mainstream and they're really, really struggling, they will have to stay mainstream until everything is settled out. That can be a good thing and then that can be a bad thing. Another book you guys can look at to get some good information is The Complete Guide to Special Education by Dr. Linda Wilmshurst and Dr. Alan W. Brew. This book is more technical than the other one, so if you're not into reading really technical knowledge, then you might want to stay away from this one. But it, it's also a good resource of what the different laws kind of mean. And along with that, this one is extremely technical. It is pretty much the law written out. And that way you can look it up and get the exact place that it says it inside of the IDEA. And it's the 2020 Lawyer's Reference Guides. Kind of gives away that it's going to be a challenge. The Individuals with Disabilities Education Act or IDEA regular regulations as of February 14th, 2020, done by the U.S. Department of U.S. Education. So that book should take you into the actual law if you're into reading that and really getting to know it, or you really want to go in there very armed with everything that you can possibly think of in, in a due process or mediation hearing. One of the things that they talk about is that as a parent, when you file, the school has 10 days to respond to what you file. And there are these magic numbers inside of IEP, and it's 10, 15, 30, and 60. Almost everything seems to be based upon those numbers. It's this many days to get our work in, this many days to get the IP goals done, this many days to schedule a IEP meeting. Is Those are the days you're going to find that you get things. And there are certain times that as special education teachers, we will skip over steps. If you don't like that, you can go to the head of special ed and talk to them about it and let them know you're not liking this. As teachers, it tends to happen just because we're so overwhelmed with everything that sending out 10 parental rights can be rather overwhelming. So a lot of times we'll bring the parental rights with us to the actual IEP meeting and hand them over to the family. Now, it always kind of bothered me sometimes because, and I did it, but it it means you have no time to really read those rights while we're waiting to uh, get the meeting started. It, it's a, when one parent put it to me, she could wallpaper the house with all of the parental rights forms that she got. So she started refusing them just because she just had too many and they hadn't changed in years. 
I do encourage everybody who's a part of the special ed team to take a copy of the parental rights and read them for yourselves. If you are a parent, please take the time and read those. You might be missing out on something that could be very, very helpful for you in the future. To teachers out there, I just want to remind you that we always have due process mediation hanging over our heads. You probably don't need to be told that because I'm suspecting that your supervisor is usually on your case about making sure all of that gets done, gets taken care of. And while you're at it, however, work with your supervisors to try to find a reasonable way to handle it all when you have a huge caseload. It could be they could have and they'd help you with mailings or they could give you a day off to sit and just write your IEPs. I have had times where I've been up to two in the morning, two, three days in a row, trying to get all the IEPs and reports taken care of. And it was also at the end of the report card period. And so, as you know, that meant I also had to do all the IEPs with their, uh, how well the kids were progressing. So parents and anybody who just is in special ed, please remember teachers are very overloaded most of the time nowadays. It's really hard to find special ed teachers. Again, just my recommendation, try your best to avoid due process mediation. Try informal negotiations if you can. Anything but getting entangled into the technicalities of things because, for example, I've had students for six years and then another teacher went on to have that same kid for four years and all in the same district. So you have to remember that any contention that's done and hard feelings that are created, they carry on with the student. So just try your best to avoid that if you can absolutely find good compromises for what you want and what the district is willing to do. At the same time, if you feel like, and you actually know you've read the paperwork and you've maybe listened to this and you just go, oh my goodness, my students, my child's rights are being violated, then by all means, take them to mediation and maybe even the whole due process hearing. Get your kids' needs met, but try a compromise first, but don't let yourself be walked all over either. And then for schools, Sometimes parents don't want to cooperate with what we know is best for the children. I know this. I've been there where I have felt that a child belonged in a different program than they were in. And so I felt like the school district really should have gone after the parents to get the child's needs met. But I'm not the supervisor. I could only recommend it. It's very rare. I think it was just one time. But it was still, it was important to me that that child be getting a better program than I was able to provide for them. And parents, this is also where I recommend getting involved with the peer group. They can support you. They can, they can talk about their experiences. They can provide information. They can tell you where you need to go. I think it's just always good and healthy too. And there are many, many, many of them out there. Thank you to the internet. And with that, I will end this podcast. Jojo and Sterling are saying goodbye. I'm sure you can hear them in the background. Please feel free to email me at emailjoy at touchingsuccess.education. That is emailjoy at touchingsuccess.education. I hope to hear from you soon and I will talk to you next time.